This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, this episode is brought to you by FreshBooks, the invoicing tool that I use to make sure I collect all my money in an efficient manner. To claim your free month, go to nathanlatka.com forward slash FreshBooks and enter the top in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Every Monday, I give one of you, Top Tribe, a hundred bucks to invest in your idea to get it to the top. To enter for your chance to win, simply subscribe to the podcast on iTunes now. And then text the word Nathan to 33444. Okay, Top Tribe, coming up tomorrow morning, you're going to hear from Rob. He was 26 and gave up a $400,000 salary for his company, hourlynerd.com. All right, guys, we're going to jump into our next interview. Those of you who are music fans are really going to love this one because he created, he is the creator, one of the creators of Fun, Fun, Fun Fests, right? Anyone go? Yeah, fans? Yeah? Okay, Graham, a local celebrity. Very cool. Also runs a very successful agency here locally called Transmission Agency. So we're going to get the full story. Please help me in welcoming to the stage, Graham Williams. Hi. Graham got a lot of fans here. Ugh. Juice Land, represent. Juice Land. Smart marketer, Matt. Okay, so fun. what came first, the agency or the festival? Uh, the festival, technically. I worked for a club called Emos for about a decade. Okay. I booked and managed it. Uh, and I started the festival, oddly enough, with Tim League, the owner of the Alamo Drafthouse. Uh-huh. We did it for one year together. I was still at Emo's. He was still doing Alamo. What year was that? Uh, 2006, I think. Okay. Um, long story short, we started the festival together. It was a kind of a small little mini festival. Um, I was at, uh, at the club, and at that point, Alamo Drafthouse had started to really take off. As you know, there's, they're, they're all over the country now. Mm-hmm. It's a hugely successful chain. And they had started a festival called Fantastic Fest, which was sort of their version of Fun Fun for Film. And uh, so that first year, I mean, people see the success now. They don't appreciate probably all the work you put in early on. So that first year, how many total tickets sold for the festival, and what did it cost you to produce? Um, I don't know the exact cost. Probably a hundred grand or so, small compared to what it costs now. The uh, festival probably did about three thousand people. Okay, um, it was one day, and uh, yeah, I mean, it actually made a teeny tiny profit. Even um, that feels good, right? Yeah, yeah. Something to smile about. But uh, but we uh, at that point, shortly after. The uh, Tim League started working on Fantastic Fest, which became a big sci-fi and, and, and horror film festival. Um, as that happened, we, I left Emos and started Transmission Events with a few partners, which was a booking and promotions company in Austin, which has expanded all over Texas, doing shows year-round. So in that first year, you got 3,000 people. Walk us through what you did marketing-wise. I mean, how did you get 3,000 people to come to an event that was just launching? Um, it was a lot of street team kind of promo. We had a few ads in the paper, very little radio. Um, social media was very new. Uh, we had my MySpace page. Mm-hmm. You, know, oh, you had a MySpace this is, page? This is just post-Friendster. Okay. So this is how long ago it was. Uh, don't, if you're yeah. in the crowd right now and you've used MySpace or Friendster, don't right. raise your hand. <laughs> uh, so before Facebook, Twitter, 
You name it. Um, and that was, so all those it was marketing. A lot of, it was a lot of flyering in front of clubs. And all that marketing, the flyers, the ads, all that was included in the hundred thousand dollar cost. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. Okay, so that was two thousand six. In t- something like that. Yeah. In two thousand fifteen, how many total attendees? Uh, around twenty thousand or so. Wow. And it's three days. It used to be one. That, that first year it was one day. Now it's three days. Twenty thousand, you said. Yeah, yeah. So I guess sixty over the weekend. And so the budget must have three. increased. Hundred grand yeah, first. Yeah. What's it cost you to produce now? Uh, I don't even know off the top of my head. It's a. F- Four, more, four, four or five million. Four or five like million. Yeah, yeah. And is most of that talent or marketing? Uh, the or? bulk of it is talent. Okay. I would say the next line would be production, okay. which is usually about half as much as talent, but still a shitload. I mean, you're talking to everything. Million. Yeah, yeah. Something like, and then the marketing is still a good chunk, but actually not quite as much of it because we do market our festival still for a fairly niche audience. So it is a lot of social media. It is a lot of non-traditional marketing, mm-hmm. which isn't quite as expensive as the full-page ads in the daily paper uh, and things like that that kind of push you over the top. So I, I'm a numbers guy, so I always stick on numbers, but there's sure. something to be said here from a creative perspective. I mean, there's very few events, maybe Burning Man and a very few others reach 20,000 attendees over three days. What has kind of driven the growth of the, of the company or the, of the festival? Um, uh, I think the uniqueness of the festival. I mean, we're, we're still boutique compared to the big dogs. I mean, you know, Coachella's of the world are 80,000 people. And okay. some of those are two weekends. We're talking 150, 160,000 over two weekends. Uh, but uh, when it comes to the other thousand festivals out there, yeah, we're, we're definitely on the top scale of those. Us, Pitchfork, um, some of the festivals in that range. Uh, I think those kind of festivals tend to find their audience and respect that audience mm-hmm. by... Booking, promoting, marketing the way they want to be booked and promoted and marketed to. Um, it's the artists they want to see. It's having a voice they understand. Who headlined last year? Uh, ours is sort of genre-based, so every stage is kind of broken into genres. So the more dance and hip-hop stage, you had at Wu-Tang, you had uh, Grimes, you had acts like that. The more indie-centric stage, you had James Addiction, Churches, uh, Lauren Hill replaced D'Angelo, who canceled last minute. Um, we have a stage that's a little bit heavier. It's kind of heavier music, and, the, and there were more punk and metal bands on that stage. So now with, with 20,000 people kind of over, you said three days, about four to five million to produce, how are you making money from the events besides, besides ticket sales? It's essentially one big pot that it all goes into, but ticket sales are the bulk of it, obviously. Okay. Um, then I would say sponsorship and bar. Okay. Because uh, you're, if you're self-producing... If you know what you're doing, you're doing it in the right location. You are selling the alcohol as well, so you're handling the vendor and beverage sales. Uh, then beyond that, it's pretty small. It drops down a lot. Merch, uh, you know, vendors who rent out space, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and, uh, and and sell products. But uh, for the most part, ticket sales, sponsorship, and bar sales. And so, what did what did a ticket cost last year? It's about two hundred for a week and pass, or. 80 or 90 for a single day. Okay, so is it fair to say with 20,000 people each paying uh, somewhere around full price of 200 bucks, you're cranking somewhere near 40, 40 or 400? What was the total revenue just from the ticket prices? Um, I'm sorry, what was to- the total revenue just from ticket prices? Oh, right, right. Tickets ticket alone costs. are probably about half of what we pull in. So I, I, it's not in front of me. It's hard to say. I want to say there's like one to two million in ticket sales. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, if you times fifteen to twenty thousand people. Is that is the math that simple though? The twenty thousand attendees are they all paying somewhere near full uh, price, or do you do bulk deals it's, with sponsors? It, it average out to about that based on solely on ticket sales. So like a ticket two hundred for a week and pass, but then you also have single day buyers who don't even go for the whole weekend. I see. Uh, so there might be more on Saturday because it's a good day to go to a festival where people have to work on Friday. Then you have VIP tickets who are a much smaller number but a much mm-hmm. higher price. They end up averaging out to about the same as a weekend pass and number of people when you break mm-hmm. it down. 
Um, uh, if you roll food and bev in and alcohol sales, that's a little more complicated, but it's 10 bucks a head or something that you drink at, at a festival per day. Uh, and then sponsorship, I, I don't really know how that breaks down exactly, but if you have a good brand and a strong name and something people want to be involved with, you can do pretty well. Uh, I think uh, there is definitely a new mindset in the sponsorship world that isn't so focused on what's the biggest thing we can be a part of, but more what's the coolest thing we can be a part of, or how do we market our brand uniquely and actually connect with fans and buyers uh, on a more personal level than just having a billboard. So uh, festivals like this that are a bit more boutique compared to a Super Bowl ad um, are now becoming kind of a viable option. You can charge sponsors. more per I think thousand so. people at the event because it's yeah, curated. Yeah, you can charge more, but more importantly, the pool's bigger. Like, Back in the day, I feel like barely anyone who does this kind of stuff could really get sponsors. Mm -hmm. It was really hard to convince someone to write you a check because they're like, what is this? Yep. But at some point... What is the average sponsor check? I mean, they're writing you. I mean, is it, are we talking like $20,000, $50,000, $100,000? I don't, I don't actually handle that stuff, so uh -huh. I'm not 100% sure. I do know it's broken on levels, though. There's like presenting sponsors who have a logo and everything mm -hmm. who have or are a big part of the activations on site. Then there are smaller level things who don't have any logo placement, but do it get, get some space on site to promote their product. So I do know the prices vary pretty drastically based on the, the few big names we have and there's sure. a lot of small baby ones. So when, if you roll all this up, again, total expenses, you're looking at $5 million for a fun, fun, fun fest in, in last year. Total revenue, are we saying somewhere near seven-ish? I mean, did you guys make money on the event or no? Um, we usually do pretty good. Last year we did okay. It was actually uh, an off year because we had this crazy hurricane, which is the, the, the scare for all festivals uh -huh. as a is bad the weather. weather. Luckily, it stopped raining like right when doors opened. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but for a lot of the people who were planning on coming, who were like, oh, I'm not coming. It definitely, we, our walk-up was lower than last year. But it was still a good festival. So, I mean, what, what does doing okay mean? Is it a profit of a million bucks on the show? I or, mean, we're smaller, so we're not like a big, big, big profit kind of festival. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, we, we make money, but uh, I wouldn't say compared to some of the big festivals that make $10 million, those are festivals with 100,000 people. So we're a lot smaller, okay. you know. I don't know. I want to talk about how much every year makes since I have partners, but uh, but overall we do fairly well. Okay, I mean, it's it's uh, it is a labor of love though. If you were most business people, I think would look at live music in general, festivals included, and say, God, for the amount you invest, you don't make as much as you would make if you invested did elsewhere. Sold widgets, yeah, sure. So, uh, but you know, if it's, you're doing something you love and it drives your year-round business and you do shows year-round, mm -hmm. or like. Pitchfork, I mentioned, is a year-round marketing company or a, a, a website that markets music. So for them, doing a festival also builds their brand. Uh, it is, if it's profitable and it, it ties into your year-round business, it's actually... So it's, this is really yeah. icing on the top in terms of it helps also for drive sure, your agency sure. revenues. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, I look at it like it's one of a couple of festivals we do, actually. And we, uh, we book shows for 50 people sometimes in a room this big occasionally. Yep. We book shows for 20,000 people sometimes, and Very this is one of those shows. Very cool. Well, Graham, before we get into my favorite part of the show, if people want to follow you personally, the agency, and the, the festival online, where can they do that? Uh, our website for transmission is just transmissionevents.com, and uh, the festival's funfunfunfest.com, and all the social media handles are the same. 
Okay, so so many of you have been asking me, you're an agency and you bill for your time or you have, you're a coach and you sell your hours to coaching clients. Well, stop fooling around with Word documents and templates or Excel files to try and send your invoicing. Okay, I just did it. I use this thing called FreshBooks. It's a tool. It takes me about 34 seconds to create and send an invoice. And here's why I love it. If you're a coach or an agency, you know how you always spend time begging and pestering your clients to pay? Well, FreshBooks makes and becomes the bad guy for you. They'll send late payment reminders, which means you don't have to chase people down and strain the relationship. So I love that. Additionally, when you create the invoice in the upper left, you can put your own brand logo and things in there so you can stay on brand and professional. So here's the deal. You know, the show is all about numbers. And the most important thing, listening for everybody, is that FreshBooks is a simple, even if you're not a numbers person. Well, you know, actually, especially if you're not a numbers person, don't you dare come on my show and expect me not to ask you numbers questions. You guys know that I do. I go for the jugular and you now can use FreshBooks to keep your numbers organized. To get your free month, go to nathanlatka.com forward slash FreshBooks and enter the top in the how did you hear about us section. Again, to get your free month, go to nathanlatka.com forward slash FreshBooks right now and enter the top in the How Did You About Us section. No credit card required. Okay, Top Tribe, I have to tell you, many people go, Nathan, you came out of nowhere. Your website's growing so fast. How'd you do it? The answer is simple. So I use HostGator. I don't know if you guys know that, but I use HostGator. And the reason I do, they have like about 4,500 free templates I can use because I don't code. They've got a great e-commerce plugin. And guys, I bug the heck out of their support. They've got 24 seven support, which I love. So what I've done is I've worked with them. You guys know I make great deals. If you go to hostgator.com forward slash Nathan, you can sign up, get your own domain for 30% off and a 45 day money back guarantee. Okay. Again, I make great deals for you guys. Go to hostgator.com forward slash Nathan to grab that now. Awesome. Well, Graham, you've got to get this next question right. All right. We'll see. What, what, do you know what time it is? Come on. It's time for the famous five. Graham, number one, what's your favorite business book? Uh, I've never read a business book. Okay. What's your favorite book? Oh, I don't... 1984, you not maybe, from high school? <laughs> okay, 1984. Number two, is there a CEO that you're following or studying right now? No. No CEO. Okay, number three, is there a favorite online tool you have, like maybe Evernote? Uh, Gmail. Gmail. Come on. What, how do you run your... This is like... Email. That's another 30 grand Gmail yeah. for sponsoring this event. You know, I mean, running your agency, other people run agencies. Is there a specific tool you use to help keep your agency on track? Anything like that? Not me. I mean, there, I guarantee someone at my agency does that. Got but it. there's 25 employees and I can send email. Got it. <laughs> All right. N- uh, number four, yes or no, as you're building the agency, building the festival, are you getting eight hours of sleep every night? No, but I get more than I used to, oddly. Like the first half of it, it was really tough. I have a kid now, so I fall asleep earlier because we have to get up earlier. I don't know. I get six or so. Six or so? That's not horrible. So uh, how many – so tell us real quick situation. Married, single, how many kids do you have? Married, one child. One kid. Okay, and how old are you now? I'm 38. Okay, so take us back 18 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Oh, wow. Um, I kind of wish I had started planning – I really want you to say, like, smoke more weed or something just crazy. I I didn't smoke weed. Uh, yeah, 18 year old, being 20 year old me, I, I think I've made the right decisions for the most part. I mean, I do what I want. I have a job that's awesome. Everyone who works for me is really cool, and we get to book bands and watch music and get paid to do it. But 
I, I would say I wish I had started some of that a little earlier. Uh, I worked at Emos, this one club, for about a decade before uh-huh. I started Transmission. I probably should have started that company five years before that. Same with the festival. Um, but I probably stayed in a comfortable zone that I knew well and didn't take as many risks as I should have. Probably I, I should have done that in my mid-20s instead of waiting a little longer. So I would suggest if you're young and you're thinking about doing something, you know, learn all you can, whether it's school, although I didn't go to college, so... You know, maybe not, but uh, whether it's school, whether it's learning from your job market, whether you're working with people, do what you can. Sure, get as much experience as you can. But at some point, if you think you're ready to pull off that Band-Aid and go for it, just go for it. Like, what's the worst that can happen? I love it. Top Tribe, there you have it. Start earlier, get going from 3,000 followers up to 20,000 attending Fun 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 Fest, a super successful agency. Graham, thank you for taking us to the top. All right, thanks for having me. If you guys enjoyed today's episode, go back and listen to Jason from yesterday. He invented a phone cleaner and will sell over $5 million this year. He launched in 2012 at CES. Top Tribe, I love giving away free money. I feel like Oprah giving away cars, and I have something special for you today. How many of you have heard our super sharp guests talk about success they've had with Facebook and Google ads? Well, all of you listening right now, yes, if you're listening, you get $100 in free AdWords. Here's how you get it, okay? Again, thanks for listening. Get the free $100 from Google, right, when you sign up with my website host provider, HostGator. Go sign up now to get your free money, HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Again, that's HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday.